What's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Sunday, January 26th, 2020. What's going on? How are you? What's happening? This is my voice. This is my show. And we're coming to you live from the north side of Chicago, where we've been getting some funky weather, you know. The last two weekends, snowstorms here in, in Chicago, last two Friday nights actually, making going out a pain in the behind. Um, and then they were saying yesterday, you know, Friday night into yesterday, it was going to be snowing quite a bit as well. But, you know, what, what they say on the, you know, the meteorologists and stuff is one to six inches, which, and I was talking to uh, a friend about this uh, at dinner on Friday night, that's such a big variance, you know? It's like either barely a, a smattering of snow or, you know, half a freaking foot. So what ended up happening, if you're not in the Chicago area, is it was so warm. Um, and by so warm, I mean like mid-30s. But, you know, so it's just kind of a, a very heavy, wet rain. Wet rain, my favorite kind of, of rain, in fact. Um, but everything's just kind of, you know, puddles. There's some snow on the ground because it's not quite warm enough for an adult to just melt away but there's no you know snow accumulation going on really and and today it's a it's a nice day definitely going to get out and do some walking walking w-a-l-k-i-n apostrophe uh in a little bit here because it's it's sunny out which is not a super common occurrence in uh in chicago it's it's going to kind of looking at the sky right now one of those days where it's like the sky is is kind of white and gray so there's some thin cloud cover going, but it's not not thick enough for it really to stop the sun. So it's pretty bright out, and it's you know high 30s, that sort of thing. Sounds like a good day to me to throw on the boots and maybe go for a little stroll by the lake. So we'll get that going after after we finish this up. Take a shower, cook some uh, brunch or so. Going to make some French toast, which is exciting, and I usually try to avoid the mass carbs but um you know got a lot of bread in my freezer actually the last two times my brother walt has come to stay with me uh once around thanksgiving and then once at the beginning of this year uh i got some bread both times and you know whatever he doesn't use it just throw it in the freezer because i don't eat bread um or at least a loaf or loaves of bread in my day-to-day Excuse me, but, uh, you know, got it defrosting right now, and we're going to be, uh, you know, got some eggs from the grocery store this morning, and I'm, I'm pumped. It's going to be good. And actually, on this topic of food, we're going to be spending most of today talking about uh, sort of my diet, eating habits, dry January, all that stuff. That's going to be the topic of discussion for today after we talk about a, a concert I went to last night. Um, we'll try to this try to keep this episode a little bit shorter. I don't have a ton going on. There's a lot more happening starting next week in February. Um, so we, we got some things to look forward to as well as some updates on the Scott Farrell book. So we'll, we'll touch on that stuff in the end. But just as a heads up, as a reminder, February is Pledge Drive Month for us here at the Beantown Podcast where our goal is going to be about $200. Uh, we smashed it last year. We're going to be looking to uh, do something similar this year. So... We'll get to that uh, in one second here. We'll also be talking about some travels I got happening this week. Haven't been traveling much lately, but I, uh, I'm going to the deep south. 
uh, and then I'm going to Texas. So it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. First things first, the listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the Beantown Podcast. Number one, we'll occasionally use some harsh language. Number two, this podcast is just objectively terrible. Thank you uh, to myself for that fun intro music. Scott Joplin's the entertainer. And uh, again, we're going to try to be getting these podcasts uh, filmed ASAP. Uh, our friend, uh, hashtag friend of the podcast, Matthew Fiedler, is uh, apparently still swamped in work. We haven't we haven't heard from him in about a month at this point. We ought to give him a call uh, at at some point this week, maybe when I get to Alabama. But um, yeah, that's that's what's going on. So uh, let's jump right in here. So Ben Gibbard, who you probably know. Uh, one way or another, and he's also, we played some of his, <coughs> some of his music, excuse me, on this podcast before, not for a while, but we're going to, we're going to play a little for you today, which is exciting. Uh, ben Gibbard is the front man for Death Cab for Cutie and uh, was behind the Postal Service uh, back in the early 2000s, and um, he is from the Pacific Northwest and really good uh, solo, acoustic, that sort of thing. So he is doing a little small tour right now, but um, he was in Chicago Friday night, last night, and tonight. So um, last night was the only real opportunity I had to go see him because uh, Saturday, yesterday morning, following up on Friday night, I had to work and had to you know be out of the house by 6.45 a.m. or so, and that's not really what you want to be doing um, if you're not getting back until midnight or so. And then tonight, um, you know, again, it, 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 so he's at Thalia Hall. Talia, Thalia. I always thought it was Talia Hall, but the security guard outside who is first going to says, welcome to Thalia Hall. So I don't know. We'll, we'll put our researchers on that one. But, uh, you know, it, it, so... You're not going to get home until after midnight um, or right around midnight because he plays till about 10.45, which is great. But um, that's just not really what you want to do on a work night. So last night was really my only opportunity. I was exhausted because I, I was out late on Friday night and worked from like 7.30 until 2, 2-ish, 2.30. Uh, I then went for a run, ran a 5K, um, and then eight and came home, got home closer to five, um, and slept for like 90 minutes, took a power nap and then went back out. And yeah, it takes about an hour 20, hour 30 to get down to Pilsen, um, up from up here on the North side. Um, so yeah, it's just a long slog, but totally worth it. Uh, if you're, if you're not really, if you're like, Oh yeah, I, I've, you know, I know Death Cab for Cutie a little bit. Um, I remember the Postal Service, but you don't really know Ben Gibbard um, or just his skill set, his abilities. Go listen um, to some of his solo stuff because he's just, he's amazing. Um, in particular, he did a KEXB concert um, maybe two years ago or something like that with Cheryl Waters, I think her name is. And he just plays, he's there for over an hour. This is how impressive this guy is. He's, he sits there, he plays like two songs from the new album that he was there promoting, and then he literally just sits there for an hour after that and plays songs, um, audience requests. He just pulls requests out of a hat, and whatever they say he plays, uh, either guitar or piano, and, um, you know, this. I mean, this guy's been writing music for the past 20, 20 to 25 years, uh, and, you know, between Death Cab, Postal Service, and, and Ben Gibbard's solo stuff, you know, he's rocking about 10 albums, plus EPs at this point, plus just other singles, so 
it's a lot of material that he's got up in his head, uh, and he was he was spectacular. So last night, uh, Talia Hall, Talia Hall, Talia Hall, who knows? Um, yeah, pretty much the same thing. Not not audience requests. He had a, a set list that he was working off of, but just really really fun to watch. The guy is just pure musical talent combined with fantastic songwriting ability um, and just a pretty chill concert as well. There were a couple <laughs> a couple times when he starts playing the songs that everyone knows, um, so basically something from Transatlanticism or Plans, um, and you get the, the crowd singing and they're really awful. Um, so that kind, of, that kind of hurt the vibe slightly, but um, for the most part, you know, he was... You know, he's a chill artist, and the audience was pretty chill across the board, so that was nice. But yeah, we had a lot of fun, and and um, I know I've played some Ben Gibbard tunes on the podcast before, but we're going to play um, something he he didn't get to last night, which I wish he would have. Um, he did play a couple songs from Codes and Keys, which is like 2011 or something, and widely considered to be Death Cab's like just the worst thing that they've ever done. Um, and I think as a whole, it's, it is probably their worst album, but there are still some things I, I like about it and some songs that are really good. For example, he, so the title track is, is Codes and Keys, and the album version, the studio version, is fine. I actually like it better than a lot of other people do, but it's still, you know, it's nothing that special. But he played it, uh, you know, solo acoustic on the piano last night, and it was, it was really cool. I had never heard a version like that because it's not, you know, it's not something you usually hear him play or Death Cab play. Um, they they never play anything from this album uh, when you see them live. And I've seen them live a couple of times. But he played a solo version on the piano last night that was really cool. Um, and I liked it a lot, um, which is true of the whole concert. Anyways, he's got another one from this album called... Um, what are we even playing here? Stay Young, Go Dancing, which I really like. So it's not going to be not going to be too good if you want to just fast forward for two minutes here. Go for it. But, you know, uh, my guitar skills are certainly rusty. I think I've touched the guitar about two times this year already. So we're just going to do our best. I played through this once this morning, uh, and I got the lyrics here in front of me. But, you know, hopefully it... Uh, Hopefully it goes well. We'll just see how it goes. You know, it's got some bar chords and stuff, and uh, I'd probably do better on the piano. But you know, here it goes. It's called "Stay Young, Go Dancing." It's from Codes and Keys, which I again I think it's about 2011 is when that album came out. It's something around there. I'll check after this. But here we go. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. Life is sweet In the belly of the beast In the belly of the beast And with her song In your heart It can never bring you down It can never bring you down Of a thousand rainy days Of a thousand rainy days But when I heard Her voice Oh, 
it led me to the end Yes, it led me to the end Cause when she sings I hear a symphony And I'm swallowed in sound As it echoes through me underneath Oh, how I feel alive Through winter's advancing Oh, stay young, go dancing In the belly of the beast In the belly of the beast And with her song In your heart It can never bring you down It can never bring you down Cause when she sings I hear a symphony And I'm swallowed in sound As it echoes through me underneath Oh, how I feel alive Through winter's advancing Oh, stay young, go dancing Stay young, go dancing Stay young, go dancing So that's how that one goes. And Ben Gibbard was just awesome. He's a very, very just funny, real, uh, down-to-earth guy. He told one funny joke kind of towards the beginning um, as he was talking in between songs. It was about how he was doing an interview with a local paper in Chicago to kind of lead up to this uh, series of, of sets that he was playing this weekend. And the journalist asked him, you know, why he was doing a tour right now. Um, because Death Cab released uh, new music in the fall, maybe like September, October, they released an EP. But this this tour uh, is just a solo tour by Ben Gibbard. Um, it's not really attached to anything. So he, in his story, he says, um, yeah, yeah, I didn't really have a good answer for her. And all I really said was just because I like to play music and the crowd kind of cheers and stuff. And um, he says, you know, after I... Uh, hung up the phone, I thought of a much better answer. <laughs> and he says, I, I really want to prove to the world and set the record straight that I am about the third or fourth best player, or guitar player, excuse me, in Death Cab for Cutie. And it was just, it was really funny, especially considering they have um, one other guitarist <laughs> in the band. Uh, so a little self-deprecating humor, but very good. Uh, love, love Ben Gibbard. So uh, check it out. Um, little cover there. Can't even <clears throat> come close to doing his stuff justice, but uh, it's really, really fun to play. Really simple, but um, yeah, it's it's good stuff. So, uh, otherwise, what I what I really wanted to get at today was um, sort of some, you know, what I've been eating, what I've been drinking in January. Right? For a lot of people, it's a good time to sort of reset. You know, there's a lot of different things that people will do. Let me, let me get a sip of water here. We'll jump in. 
So I think the classic one that a lot of people subscribe to is dry January, right? So that's where we'll start. I've been doing it for, um, let's see, this is either my third or fourth year. I don't recall exactly when I started it. I don't, I don't know if I did it in grad school or not, which would mean this would be my fourth year. But yeah, it's so, you know, the, everyone's got different reasons for why they want to do dry January. And then some people have different variations on it. Some people just do it during the weekdays, but drink on Friday and Saturday nights. I think if it's, you know, if, if you're really committing to, to do something like that and you're calling it dry January, then you just got to go the whole way. Um, I also know people, I've had friends and stuff who, who start off, they're doing dry January, all that stuff, and then, but they have a kind of like a event that they know is happening coming up, um, oftentimes just like a week or two into the month, and they say, well, I'm going to drink on this date just because it was already planned, and it's like, I have to drink, um, and then that's just kind of the end of it, right? They never go back to, to dry January after that, um, which is just kind of, you know, I... I don't, I'm not even sure how I feel about that, but I don't know. I, the, the thing that with it for me with that sort of thing is like yeah, I have I have stuff happening this month too, stuff that's been planned. Um, for example, a Ben Gibbard concert on a Saturday night, where it's like yeah, everyone's drinking drinking beer, mixed drinks, whatever. It's the thing to do. But I guess I don't know. This is a little bit of a throwback for me, but I absolutely feel like I can have a good time and, and be social and experience the world around me in a fun, positive manner without having the alcohol thrown in. Um, and I think if you, not to, not to criticize, and I'm certainly not judging anyone, this is just my personal perspective and philosophy on it, and perhaps inspired by the fact that Ben Gibbard has, has been sober now for, what, 15 years, something like that. Um, you know, if you, if you find yourself, and if I ever found myself feeling like and this is about as philosophical as we'll ever get here on the Beantown Podcast. But if you ever found yourself feeling like you like an al- alcohol is an essential component of your happiness and your social life and your ability to kind of feel the emotion of joy and togetherness and comfort, it might be time to just hit reset and maybe do some reevaluation, reevaluation, R-E-E-V-A-L-U-A-T-I-O-N. That's a good one. Um, not because I, I think people who, who feel the way I just described are alcoholics, you're not, but it's just if, and for a variety of reasons, and I won't project these reasons on, onto anyone else, I'll just use myself as a personal example, but if you feel like you got to have it, then that's just, you're going to be drinking a lot of alcohol. Um, And again, not analyzing this through the lens of like, all my friends are are alcoholics. They're they're not. Um, There's a, it's pretty easy to spot an alcoholic. Um, But I don't think that there needs, I don't think that, you know, kind of calling this or viewing this as a black and white situation where you're either not an alcoholic or you are an alcoholic, right? That that kind of wipes away what 75% of the population, I think, is at, and that's this aspect of social drinking. 
So for me, it's a, it's it's not a situation where I feel like the alcohol has to be part of a social social situation. So that's it's not really the the hard reset there that I described. But I also just find myself, um, or, or I find alcohol to be a kind of just a essential part of my day-to-day operation. That doesn't mean I'm sneaking my flask in at work. That just means, you know, you come home from work, it's a yet a long day. Okay, yeah, let's have a, you know, a, a bourbon on the rocks or something. Or you go out with uh, with friends, uh, trivia night or something, or you're going out on a Saturday night. Uh, you go to a Ben Gibbard concert at, at Talia or Thalia Hall, either one. Um, and it's just kind of an expected part of the experience. It's really good to get away from that. Uh, and, and for me, the the biggest thing is just, again, reevaluating this concept of being social and finding your sense of community and feeling like you belong in a place um, and trying to rediscover this idea without the kind of help or push of alcohol has been something that's been really nice. Um, and it's really kind of a throwback, right? Um, you know, everyone starts drinking at a different age. I had my first drink when I was uh, 19, maybe, like 19 and a half, maybe something like that. So everything before that, right, you did lots of social stuff in high school and freshman year at college and go out and with your friends and stuff. Um, for me, and I know, I know I was somewhat late to the game with my first drink of alcohol, but, um, you know, everyone experienced social things and gatherings and day-to-day life without it. We know how to do it. It's just a little bit of a kind of a throwback. Um, and I look back to what made us happy before that. And that's kind of been a theme of my, my January in general and in a couple of different ways. One of the other ways I've started doing um, some exercises on Wednesdays. Um, so I have, I have my workout routine um, that I've been on since June, and I kind of shook it up a little bit. So Wednesdays, traditionally, I've been lifting and then um, hopping on the elliptical for like 15, 20 minutes. I've changed it up now to where I'm still lifting the first half of my workout, but then I'm doing um, exercises in the studio, which is kind of across the hallway from the gym. Uh, it just looks like a you know a dance studio or something, but they got mats and stuff in there, so you can do exercises. In uh, high school swimming, we would refer to them as dry land exercises, which you do on the side of the pool, um, as you would expect dry land, not in the water. Things like push-ups and crunches and flutter kicks and all that kind of stuff, right? It's a lot of core uh, workouts mainly core and kind of thigh stuff. Um, so I've been I've been doing that on Wednesdays and right we're literally I, I mean it's just push ups planks um, and a couple of other exercises and it, it's pretty short in general right I, I got I'm doing it on some of my lunch break which I only have a certain amount of time for but uh, as I I digress here and ramble like crazy the kind of throwback to what worked in the past has been a theme um, of this and kind of all ties into dry January for me. So I, I can honestly say that it has not been a problem. And I don't know if it's just because I am so used to it at this point, the mental aspect of it, um, because I, this isn't my first rodeo. I've been doing it for a while. 
um, or if it's, and it's probably a combination of all these things, but also January, and, and different people have, have different thoughts on, on this idea of what, how, how January sort of influences your personal life, your emotions, your happiness, that sort of thing. Because there are, there are a couple different sides to this. One side, and this is how I typically feel, is that January is like the worst month out of the year because you get the cold, you get the snow aspect, but you don't have sort of the holiday uh, magical aspect or the charm aspect. It's just everything's kind of gray, and all the celebration and the fun stuff of December is past, and now you're just in this long slog through winter. So... For me, that means I end up spending a lot more time just kind of on the couch by myself, not making an effort to go out as much. That's traditionally the way I view it. Now, to be honest, it's actually been the opposite. This uh, this month, I've been really busy um, with be- between social stuff, hanging out with friends, um, catching up with you know old friends that I haven't seen in a while. Um, been able to do that. Uh, work has been pretty busy this month, but then also some side hustle stuff um, between focus groups and uh, just just a couple other things that I got going on, um, and just time spent on public transportation. It's actually been a really busy month for me. Like this past week, I had I think four nights, counting last night, where I I didn't get back to my apartment till after eleven, um, and then you have to eat dinner um, each of those nights, which I'm going to talk about diet in in one second here. But the other aspect of it is people, and I know a lot of people who feel this way as well, well. and this isn't traditionally how I feel, but it's like there's nothing else to do in January. It's so cold. Um, There isn't really anything going on per se, so we're just going to drink to make January pass. I understand that perspective, that viewpoint, but I personally never felt that way. Um, so so even though I've been really social, I've been going out, you know, trivia nights, played trivia th- two or three times this month, and hung out with a lot of friends, excuse me, after work and that sort of stuff. But I've never, you know, I've never, like, even when you're in a bar setting, I don't feel the pressure to be like, oh, man, I'm so close to the alcohol. Like, I yeah, maybe I'll just have one. Like, I think I have a somewhat temptation-like personality slash addictive personality with some things, but, uh, I'm, you know, it's typically more like food. Um, I don't seem to have that problem with, with alcohol. And I even, you know, I, it's not like, you know, I know some people do dry, dry January and they feel like they got to just empty the fridge, clear out all the alcohol, all the beer. Like, you can't have that in the house. I, I have a can of Old Style in my fridge. I've had half a bottle of um, whiskey on my countertop the whole month. When I, uh, when Walt was here earlier this month, um, you know, I got beer for him, and he was drinking it uh, while we were hanging out at home. It's just like, I don't know, I guess it's a blessing, and I don't know if it's something that's hardwired into me, um, or if it's, or I'm just so used to it at this point, because I've done dry January a couple of times now, but um, that really hasn't been a, a tough thing for me. It's January 26th. Uh, it's going to be easy to just fly through the rest of the month. I mean, tomorrow I got a flight at night um, to Atlanta, and I, I don't drink when I fly, typically. Uh, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'll be on the road for work, which oftentimes I'll, you know, I'll have beers when I'm out traveling for work, but I got a lot of driving to do in this particular trip, because I'm going to be driving all over Alabama, and that's not really conducive to having drinks. And then 
Friday night, um, I got another flight to Austin. So uh, I just mentioned I don't really drink when I fly. That'll be the case on Friday night. So, um, and then next thing you know, it's Saturday, February 1st. Uh, and I, I, I would, don't be surprised if I just kind of ride this dry January wave and, and let it keep going. You know, I haven't thought about that too much, but I, I frankly, I don't miss the alcohol uh, too much at all, which is it's great. Um, so what, what, what I'm going to do right now is read a couple ads and uh, then we're going to talk about my 18 to 6 intermittent fasting right now. I've done a lot of fasting in the past. In fact, I wrote a Beantown blog about that, which I'm going to highlight in one second here. Um, but first, we'll read some ads. All right. Home Pride Oregon. Are you tired of selling your house for less than a quarter of what it's worth all because you couldn't find a reliable home inspector? We all know how frustrating that can be. Well, Oregon listeners, I got good news for you. Home Pride Inspection Services in Bend, Oregon is Central Oregon's hottest new home inspection provider with inspection services including things like heating and cooling, roofing, plumbing, and so much more. Home Pride Oregon is both contractor certified and... And the AND is in all caps. Home inspection certified so you know you're getting the good stuff. If you're tired of big real estate's triangle hold, that was one of the best ones I've ever had, uh, on the home inspection market and you want a safe certified home inspector that you can trust, you got to call Steve at 541-410-0316 or visit homeprideorgan.com. Again, you got 541-410-0316 or you can visit homeprideorgan.com. Home Pride Oregon Inspection Perfection. Excuse me. Shout out to the Samson Q2U series. It's had a busy morning here on the north side of Chicago. First, it logs about a 90-minute family chat. Awfully impressive every Sunday morning. One of these, one of these days uh, in 2020, year through the podcast, we're going to do a full feature on uh, family checks. I think it's something that I talk about a decent amount with friends, not necessarily on the podcast, but just as kind of a cultural uh, concept. I discuss it a solid amount, um, but we've never done a full feature um, about it on, on the Beantown podcast. So we'll, we're, we're going to do that at some point this year. You got that to look forward to. Um, but now it's, you know, it's on minute 30 of our award winning podcast. Quinn David Furnish presents the Beantown podcast. So thank you to Samson Q2U series from Genesis to Exodus, Genesis from Genesis to Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Zechariah, Malachi, and Obadiah. Remember uh, Jeff Bridges playing Obadiah Stain? What a name, Obadiah Stain in the original Iron Man. This is funny. Um, briefly <laughs> mention this, and then we'll finish up the tagline. Uh, I was I was on Hinge the other day, you know, swipe, 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 uh, and one of the girls mentioned that like her favorite thing is Marvel movies or something like that. I don't remember. And you know how these young people are; um, they're only thinking, you know. MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe, which started with Iron Man back in 2008, I think. Um, oh, by the way, I checked. Codes and Keys is 2011. So, spot on with that one. And I'm pretty positive Iron Man is 2008. But, um, you know, they don't know about any of the movies before that. 
any of the Marvel movies before that because they're not part of the Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, whatever universe of Marvel, the new Spider-Man, all that stuff. So I said, yeah, that Howard the Duck movie from the 1980s is one of my favorites. And if you don't know the, the movie, it's really trippy, um, but there's a great scene where he's shredding the guitar solo. You got to go check it out. Um, she hasn't responded yet, so probably doesn't even know who Howard the Duck is. What a shame. The young people these days, like lost sheep. But going back to where we were, remember when God speaks, he uses a Samson. A quick shout out to Jack Link's Beef Jerky, located up there in Wisconsin. Uh, this is a big throwback, but about seven, eight months ago, I attended my cousin Jake's wedding and my, my uncle Andy, who's been featured on the podcast before, and we'll get him back on this year for something, um, handed out a bunch of Jay, uh, Jake Links, Jack Links temporary tattoos, and I've just had them sitting on my desk uh, in, in the apartment here for six or seven months. And I don't know, I was just tooling around last weekend, I think on Sunday, so we could go today. And I decided to just throw one on, you know, just for fun. You know, sometimes I like to have fun. And um, I put it right on uh, the inside of my wrist here, pretty much even with uh, the veins and the arteries, that sort of thing. And it's, it's hung on pretty well, considering I take two showers a day, uh, one in the morning before work and then one after my workout in the middle of the day. Um, that's a lot of sweat, a lot of scrubbing, and a lot of that sort of thing. It's still, I'd say it's about uh, 25 to 30% still on, which is very impressive. Um, you know, usually these, these fake tattoos, these temporary tattoos will not last very long. But that's that Jack Link's quality that you know, I can speak to. So again, Jack Links, we'd love to be a partner with you in the uh, advertising process. Give us a call um, or you can give us a uh, email message at beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. Again, that's beantown, B-E-A-N-T, and podcast at yahoo.com. And just uh, that made me think of this real quick before we finish up our ads. If you listened to last week's episode, there's a lot I, I could say about it because I did listen to it. Um, I think on Thursday night or something or Monday night, I don't remember. I did listen to the lost episode for the first time ever. So I experienced all the cringe, all the pain that you all experienced. We're in this together. But I did um, recall that when I um, read out the email address, I was very clear, read every letter. Um, that was probably your last chance you've ever had to actually understand what, um, what I'm trying to say when I read out our email address. But thanks, thanks for those of you who actually did tough it out and listen to that whole thing because it's really bad. Um, and now, you'll, now you know what you're missing. So if you ever, you know, you heard us mention it, and you were like, oh, you know, he's probably just, you know, he's being whatever the word is I'm looking for. Like, it's probably not that bad. Like, he's probably just embarrassed, whatever. And now you realize just how awful it is. Now we're all on the same page, okay? And we're all at peace with the situation. So no more complaining about let's hear the lost episode because it's, again, I when you consider the the kind of quality control I have with this podcast and just the lowest of low standards for my product, you know it's got to be real bad, real rough for me to just scrap an entire episode um, because I don't even really want to do the the podcast TBH. I just feel like I started now and I can't really stop. Um, 
So to to spend an entire extra 30 to 45 minutes re-recording a new episode should tell you just how low I think of the quality of that particular installment. But it's out now. Um, there are no more secrets, right? I don't have any other lost material. Um, there isn't any good like deleted scenes or behind behind the scenes type of footage. What you see week in, week out is what you get from Beantown. Um, and uh, so we're just clearing the air on that. But let's finish up our ads here, and then we're going to talk about intermittent fasting uh, real quick, and, and then we'll finish up probably around 45 minutes or so. Cuts by Q. Bob and Weave. We all know the hairstyle, and we all love it. But how many Chicago-based independent barbers can actually give it to you the way you deserve? Enter Cuts by Q. It's like Ender Sandman. It's just a little bit different. Ask Mariano Rivera. He knows all about it. Cuts by Q has been independently owned and operated since 1995 and is probably one of the better barbershop operations serving Chicago, Cook County, and the greater Chicagoland area. From beehives to bangs, full hawks to flat tops, and everything in between, just call Cuts by Q at 815-298-7200, or you could email cutsbyq at yahoo.com. Again, that's cut. Q-U-T-Z by Q at yahoo.com. Sing it with us if you're in the car, if you're in the hospital. I hope you're feeling better. Maybe you're, uh, maybe Ben Gibbard would want to sing this at one of his shows. I'm going to shoot him an Instagram message, see if he, uh, you know, maybe he can turn it into a full-fledged tune. I don't know. You know, tune in next week to find out whether or not that happens. Oh, and you need a fresh do, something snappy and new. Just call the experts at Cuts by Q. You know, I think we're going to have to get some bongos. One, it's just a fun word to say, bongos. B-O-N-G-O-S. Almost a, 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 a I was going to say a parallelogram, but that's not right. A palindrome. But also, you know, maybe like a fun little. Or some sort of like jazz improvisation with bongos on the Cuts by Q theme. You know what? You know, a bunch of those old classical composers, some of their big hits were like theme and variations where you just take one simple little tune and then you turn it into a, a whole masterpiece that's like 12 minutes long. I don't know. I think we got some things to think about here. I'm considering uh, buying a piano. Uh, I've got the money for it. Paid off my Hawaii trip, all that good stuff, and uh, got some funds left over from from the side hustles between uh, focus groups and consulting and um, some software testing I've been doing, which is uh, interesting. Something new every day. But um, I also, and I think I mentioned this in passing before on the podcast, looking, not really looking, but something that's been on my radar for a while is ticket flipping, which is kind of just like glorified scalping. But essentially, you know, you buy tickets for any concert you want, and you have to do research to figure out what you want to do uh, for at kind of the lowest possible price, and then you turn around and you flip them for a higher price. That's it. It's that simple. Um, I've never really done it. You read about people on the internet who are, you know, really dedicated, organized, and they make, you know, a couple grand a month doing it. It's all about, you know, using your credit cards like pre-sale offers and um, getting in on kind of advanced ticket sales, that sort of thing. Which, uh, this is very exciting, and last thing I'll mention here before we jump into uh, <clears throat> the diet that I'm on right now, uh, the Fratelli's announced a 
small North American tour. Um, hopefully it means they got an album. Well, they have an album that's dropping. We're just waiting for the first single, which is um, really exciting. This is their sixth album. Let's see. They got, they got Costello Music, Here We Stand, We Need Medicine, Eyes Wide, Tongue Tied, In Your Own Sweet Time. That's five, so this is going to be six. And they, the title is out. It's really long. I don't remember what it is. But um, they're coming to Chicago. They're playing at Metro. Or I've actually seen them at, Met- at Metro before, so this will be um, exciting. This will be my fourth or fifth time seeing them in concert. Um, but when – so they, they – tickets went on sale Friday at 10 a.m., and I was all over that, right? I bought tickets at, like, 10.02. But um, you could buy four in an order, and I don't have three other people that I'm I'm going with. I might – you know, take somebody else or ask somebody else if they want to go. But I don't have friends who are big Fratelli's fans. So worst case scenario, I, I buy these tickets for 30 bucks a pop, turn around in, uh, you know, April or something, May, uh, as the concert gets closer, I can sell them on StubHub for 50 or something and make, you know, easily make 50 or 60 bucks total off of this. So again, right, it's small money, but, um, you know, when you... When you're working in higher ed and, and you're doing a bunch of side hustles, everything you do for the most part is going to be kind of small lump sums. But if you stick with it, if you're dedicated, it builds up. You invest that stuff, and uh, next thing you know, you're in you're in much better shape than a lot of people. So that's that's my kind of personal financial strategy. But um, last thing I want to I want to get into on the podcast here today. We've already talked about dry January quite a bit. And even got a little uh, kind of more deep, serious, philosophical for you. This hasn't been a very comedic episode in any way, which hopefully you're okay. It's a, it's kind of a change up, uh, and you know, being that's not something new for this show. We've been known to alternate between comedy and uh, serious stuff here and there, all uh, from the mind of yours truly, Quinn David Furness. But um, I dieting is. I mean, that that term can mean a million different things, right? Um, I don't do New Year's resolutions, but I knew that... So ever since I moved to Chicago in June, my diet actually hasn't been that bad. Uh, but my biggest thing has been I'm, I, I kind of do a, a good job across the board. I'm solid like Monday through Thursday and sometimes Friday. But I just turn into a total weekend warrior where I kind of just eat and drink whatever I want, basically Friday night through Saturday, or Friday night through all of Sunday, which I think I'd just been lying to myself for a while, um, telling myself what I was doing was was good, because I was doing such a good job, quote unquote, on the, on the weekdays that I could kind of just do whatever I wanted on the weekends. Um, but, you know, in your classic diet, you got, you know, one cheat day. I was basically taking two and a half cheat days. So, even though I was, you know, my since I moved back to Chicago, my workout plan has been pretty good. I've been, um, you know, working out five or six days a week traditionally. Um, you know, I just I wasn't losing any weight, really, which makes sense considering, the, you know, just ate without any regard for, for health or anything on the weekends um, and just drank a decent amount, you know. Not not actually that much, but just consistently a little bit here and there. It adds up. So my new plan 
for January has just sort of been an increased dedication to the healthy eating on the weekdays and with a kind of a new strategy I'll tell you about in one second. But I also just know I got to be better on the weekends. This, there's, there's a balance here, right? Because I'm never going to be the person or I don't want to ever be the person that's just like seven days a week, hardcore, strict diet, never have carbs on the weekends. Like it's just, I think I could get into the habit of that. In fact, I feel kind of close to being there right now. Um, but I just, I get so much enjoyment from food that I just wouldn't want to deprive myself of that, those kind of simple pleasures. It's just scaling back the, uh, the quantity a little bit and just trying to avoid the Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, just awful meals, like eating an entire pizza or something. Um, just trying to avoid those big hits, utilizing the grocery store more um, for rotisserie chickens, but then also like a weekend dinner meal where I don't have anything cooked, I need something. So instead of you know going to Domino's and grabbing a pizza, um, going to the grocery store, understanding, okay, I'm going to have to do a little bit of cooking probably unless you get a rotisserie chicken, which I'll do sometimes, but doing something as simple as like ground turkey, some peas, and some pierogi, right? So it's still not that healthy because the pierogi is just straight carbs, but it, all it takes is boil some water for the peas, throw the ground beef on the stove, boil some more water for the pierogi, and that's it. So it's really not a ton of cooking, and frankly, it's not what I would call a healthy meal, but it's just so much better um, for you. So trying trying to aim for things like that on weekends. Um, and uh, what I've been doing weekdays, and, and try to do it a little bit on the weekends, it's never quite as strict because it's just tough to do on the weekends. And um, I, I guess I, I'm weak or, or whatever you want to call it, but 18 to 6 intermittent fasting. So... I've experimented with a lot of different types in the fast, uh, of fasting in the past. In fact, this week on our Beantown blog, we uploaded a new post, uh, which is a, a story that some people have probably known about, but I don't think anyone's ever been told the kind of greedy details um, of the time that I lost a bet in college and I fasted for seven days, just water, that was it. Um, if you haven't read it, go, go to beantownpodcast.com and click on the blog link and you'll read it right there. It's the, it's the top post. It takes about five to seven minutes to read depending on your speed. Um, but if you ever wanted to hear about Quinn David Furness not having food for seven straight days, it's, it's there and every ounce of it is true. Um, I went a couple months when I lived in Baltimore. This was definitely a fad that never really stuck and I never really liked it, to be honest. And I don't remember why I started doing it. It just happened. Um, where I would fast on Mondays. Fast Mondays is what they were known as. And um, I would just have water and coffee. And I never really liked that. Um, it just didn't... Something about it wasn't right for me. Um, which makes it even more impressive. You know, you, there's a, something called a 5-2 to two fasting plan which is where some people, the hardcore people, eat five days, pretty much whatever they want, and then they just straight up don't eat two days out of the week. Um, not back-to-back, but they're staggered throughout the week. And kind of the more traditional setup is you only have five or 600 calories uh, on those days, which I think I could manage, but that's just, yeah, to me that's just, that's really extreme. 
So what I've been on this month is 18 to 6 fasting, which is what it sounds like. You take 18 hours away from food and six hours window where you can't have food. So my, my weekday setup this month has been uh, nothing in the mornings, which isn't that different from my traditional breakfast of an apple as I'm walking to the train. So you just cut that out, drink a little bit more water. I don't miss it, really. Um, have some coffee when I get into the office. And then um, from there, it's pretty much the same from what I was normally doing um, because I always work out sometime in the kind of 1 or 2 p.m. hour, come back, eat my lunch at my desk. Um, I've changed up my lunch. This month has been carrots and hummus, and then I just uh, uh, saute chicken over the stovetop, uh, cut up cubed chicken, and then I just throw it all into a Tupperware container, and then I just kind of work on that throughout the week. Um, so it's like a five, 600 calorie lunch, something like that. That's what I've been doing for lunch around 2 or 3 p.m. And then around 6 or 7 p.m., sometimes as late as 8 p.m. And then this week was bad because um, I had so many nights where I didn't get home till like 11. So I had to have dinner then. So I didn't do a great job of keeping the 18 to 6 going this week. It was closer to 16 to 8. But I, I try not to beat myself up. Um, if the calorie amounts are the same and I'm not splurging on really bad food. But, you know, you eat that dinner meal, hopefully around 7 p.m., something like that, and then you're good to go until, you know, 2 or 3 p.m. the next day. Um, It hasn't been that bad for me if you've never tried it, but you're curious. Um, I'd say what the reason it works for me is, one, I drink a ton of water um, because you need it. If you don't... If you don't drink as much water as you're supposed to, you're going to feel really hungry right away in the morning, and then it's going to be miserable to make it, you know, the first, what, eight hours of the day or something. It's going to be really hard. Um, so you've got to drink a lot of water. Coffee tends to help kind of calm my appetite. Um, so if it ever was, like, noon or something and I wasn't going to work out for another hour or two hours and I was feeling that hunger come on, I might have a second cup of coffee because that will do the trick for me. And then I get people um, who ask, and I, I was talking to my boss about this yesterday at a work event, uh, and she, she asked me, how do, you, you know, how do you run or how do you work out on an empty stomach? And the only way I could really think to answer that was I can't imagine working out or running not on an empty stomach. I can't work out or run if I've had food, you know, three to four hours minimum before my workout, I feel like absolute trash. Um, I just feel all the contents of what I ate swirling and sloshing around, and it's not very fun. So I have to work out an empty stomach. Um, Even when I, you know, I've run a couple marathons now, I think I had like a banana two hours before race time, and then water, and that's it. That's all I can really manage. So it's really not too bad because then you finish your workout, you get a shower, and then you get to eat right there. It's, it's perfect. Uh, I'm not even usually super hungry right after my workout because, and I think this happens with a lot of people, but my workout doesn't make, you know, it's not like you finish your workout and you're like, ah, I'm ravenous. It's like, okay, if there's something about that. I don't know if it has to do with your muscles constricting your stomach or something where it kind of calms your hunger for a little bit. Um, now, you know, two hours after, if you don't eat, you're going to start feeling it. But right after, immediately after, for the first 30 to 45 minutes, I'm not actually hungry. Um, but I get that, that lunch in there anyways. So that's what my 18 to 6 looks like. 
And uh, again, it's not always perfect. On the weekends, it's a little bit more challenging. You know, if you want to have breakfast or brunch and be social with it, you know, if, if that's happening at 10 or 11, then I'm not the type of person who can eat dinner at four or five regardless. Um, I'm almost exclusively more of a 7 or 8 p.m. eater. So oftentimes on the weekend, it, it stretches out more to 16 to 8. But again, I think for me, if the uh, as long as you know you're you're being careful with the calories uh, and hopefully not too many carbs, um, then it's not the end of the world, right? If if you stretch it out an extra two hours or something, um, as long as you're able to get back on the eighteen to six grind um, on Monday morning, which is what we're going to try to do uh, try to do this week, we're going to be in Alabama Tuesday. Uh, we'll fly out fly out to Atlanta on Monday night. Then we're in Alabama Tuesday through Thursday, and then we're going to be in Austin with uh, Brother Walt on uh, Saturday. I'm there for like 36 hours, Friday night to very early Sunday morning, and um, then it's Super Bowl Sunday. So that's what's coming up. Uh, busy, busy week for me traveling. And if anyone has any survival tips for Alabama, let's hear them. Uh, you know, I've been there a couple times in my life, but this will be my first time ever to uh, both Tuskegee and Tuscaloosa, going to the Tuskegee University and the University of Alabama. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. <sighs> God, give me strength. Okay, that's what I got for you. I went a little bit longer than I, I wanted to, but, um, you know, apologies there. Pretty serious podcast today, but hopefully some good insights into how my month of January has been going from an eating, dieting, and dry January perspective. Uh, and it's it's what I've spent a lot of time thinking about. So uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you know where to reach us, tweet at us. We're at BeantownCast, and we would love to hear from you. Uh, thanks to Ben Gibbard again, not for coming on the show, but for coming to Chicago and uh, he's got another set tonight at Talia and Thalia Hall, both places at once, which is pretty impressive. Uh, thank you for blessing us with your music. And uh, if you don't know Ben Gibbard, his music, or just his story, go check him out because um, he's just a really fantastic, genuine person. So that's what we got for you. Um, we're going to load up some uh, music here, courtesy of yours truly. And then, uh, you know, we'll come, we'll come to you next week. And... Uh, Week after that, Oscars. Got to get Ryan Austin Ligon back on the podcast. Ryan Austin English. Apologies. Okay, that's what we got for you, everyone. Uh, and uh, have a safe week. Be nice to each other. And, you know, take it easy. Bye. Bye.